Blog Talk Radio. All right. <clears throat> Welcome back, you health renaissance people. <clears throat> We're the third planet from the sun. And we are known as the planet without common sense. Okay, so let's get into this. For one, we're going to talk about the best defense for any disease. Any disease is a good immune system. Now, currently we've got uh, real popular on the planet. It's called COVID-19. It's causing all the governments of the world to take massive control of the population. Um, so and, and shut down businesses. So this is a massive reset for the entire world. <clears throat> Back in February, we were talking about how you should gather food. We just didn't think you should gather toilet paper. <laughs> okay, so uh, you got to approach this with a little uh, sense of humor. So I know what you're saying, very little. Okay, well, let's get into this. So number one thing, I mean, when, when I grew up, okay, my parents got divorced in 1965 when I was five years old. My mom went to work as a cocktail waitress. My dad, um, who lost his job, went on skid row. So, so understand that with the closing of all of the restaurants and all the businesses, um, I mean, literally in the states that have that shelter rule, you're talking these people are out of money. They, they, you get a, a single mom because my mom was a single mom with four kids. You interrupt her pay for a week. Those kids are going to have trouble. So I implore you to help those that you can. Okay, we're going to do a fundraiser at our office. Um, we picked uh, the Orangewood Foundation only because it's close and they take care of people who are in need. And that's all we want to do. Just just so during times of major crisis, look at this. So <clears throat> let's get into this. When we look at case fatality rate, and this is how scared should you be? Because I had a, um, a comment on one. Okay, quote, I get all the data and facts, but we still need to quarantine so we don't bring it to our vulnerable. Do you want to be responsible for killing grandma? Okay, so that was one of the comments on ours. So now that's abject fear. So I come with facts and data from different sources. And this one is from the Center for Evidence-Based Medicine with, with, okay, the I mean, you, they've got the COVID-19, they've got the developed, um, you know, they've caught it and they've went through the disease process. So what is the death rate? Because that's what I'm looking at is the death rate. Is it similar to a flu? Is it not? Because some people are saying, oh, it's a hundred times worse than a flu. It's 10 times worse than a flu. It's a biologic weapon. Hey, let's, let's just go on here. Okay. Now, um, for one, no deaths occurred among those who had mild or even severe symptoms. Okay, now, when we, or if, um, on critical cases. Now, when we look at this, it's laid out between less than nine, uh, up to 19 years old, 20 to 49, 50 to 59, 60 to 69, 70 to 79, and 80 year olds plus. Less than nine, 100% survived. Okay. Um, in the 19, 10 to 19 years old, 99.9% survived. In the 20 to 49, that means everybody is 50 years old or younger, 99.7% of the population survived. Now, this is not looking at the entire population. 
okay, and taking those that were infected and were not infected, this looking at the entire population and just getting the people that were sick, okay, that had tested positive. So, so I mean, we could reduce these numbers a lot if we're checking everybody. But so we're checking just the sick ones and which percent died. So when we look um, 60 or 59 to 50 years old, 98.7% of the people survived, 60 to 69%. Um, and there's asterisks on these when I'm reading the case, um, the, the special um, factors in figuring this. Uh, they all had a comorbid condition, all of them. So that means they either had cardiovascular disease, diabetes, respiratory disease, high blood pressure, cancer, and you're talking less than 1% had no comorbidities. That means something else. Even if you look at people 70 to 79 years old, okay, 92% survival rate. So now these are sick people with comorbid conditions and they still 92% survived. Now, the, the group that has the highest death rate, those are people over 80 that have comorbid conditions. 85% survive. Okay, not killing 85%, 85% survived. Now, um, you can get that information off the evidence-based website, so this way we can calm down some of the panic. Now, a number of our videos were censored, okay, by YouTube. So we have a bit shoot site, our uncensored site. Uh, it's John Bergman is the name of the site. So just go to BitChute, type in John Bergman, and you should be able to get to all of our videos. We're also having them on our Extreme Health Academy site, and you use Bergman code 14 to get in there. Now, getting into this, because we have to look at what's happening with our, our bodies, which happened with our government. Uh, so on the med page, and, and this is med page today, really, I really like their, their articles. Uh, this was yesterday, and they, the, the title of the article was COVID-19 Updates, Stay-at-Home Orders, Grim Ethics, and National Guard Activated. So I thought, holy moly, let me read that. And sure enough, New York, Illinois, New Jersey, Ohio, Louisiana, Delaware, California are uh, have stay-at-home orders. That means other, other states can run around and play. Um, they're actually passing out $400 tickets if you're caught breaking that um, space rule. Now, they also say that the $2 trillion, the stimulus package broke down. Um, and the death toll has of Monday, yesterday, was 35,000 cases and 471 deaths um, in a population of 329 million. Now, when we look at the average deaths by the United States, now I got statistics from 2017, and it shows on average, and this is 2017, on average, 7,708 deaths occur each day. 7,708 deaths occur each day on average. Now, deaths are seasonal. The lowest month with the lowest death rates are July and August. The months with the highest death rates are January and December. Now, that correlates with the article that I read back at the end of January 
by The Lancet that talked about how this virus is going to peak around April and it's going to start to reduce. And so that makes sense. And when we look at this, I've got the 10 leading causes of death. And of course, heart disease, cancer, unintentional injuries, um, and other, that's around 75% of all the deaths. When you look at um, liver cirrhosis, um, suicide, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, stroke, these are all diseases that are killing our population. And when you look at the infinitesimal amount, it wouldn't even be listed on, on uh, the charts. In influenza pneumonia kills about 1.8% of all the deaths. And, but we don't ever do an entire shutdown of the country. Now, the FDA approved a 45-minute point-of-care COVID test. Now, this is a brand-new test, so we don't know how accurate it is. We know the standard test can be up to 80% false positive. So we know it's a challenge to have a good, accurate test, but we don't know. Now, um, when we look at, let's, let's just look at the comorbid conditions. For one, high blood pressure. And they found, and this is um, an article, dramatic rise in hypertension-related deaths in the United States. <clears throat> they found that age-adjusted hypertension-related deaths had increased from 18 per 100,000 to 23 per 100,000. That's from 2007 to 2017. Uh, and this is huge because this means that a lot of people who have high blood pressure over the last 10 years, they're dying in greater rates. Why? Because for each blood pressure drug that you take, your risk of stroke increases. And in fact, the American College of Cardiology, they made up their own guidelines. Okay, it, it's interesting because they say the greatest benefit comes from treatment of very high blood pressure for those with high cardiovascular risk. As blood pressure gets lower, the benefit of treatment gets smaller. The guideline moves the threshold treatment down the continuum, which may benefit some individuals, but may also lead to unnecessary treatment and associated harms. The new threshold that they came up with will lead to 46% of the U.S. population being diagnosed with high blood pressure. The old, the old threshold, 32% had high blood pressure. So we're looking at half of the Americans are going to have high blood pressure. Now, this is a challenge. When you're looking at how many people have a weakened immune system from taking the drugs, those are the comorbid conditions. They either are sick um, and they're tr taking a drug to cover up the symptoms or to deal with the symptoms, or they're sick and they're not going to get the body corrected. <clears throat> now, we're going to go over the leading causes of death. And one of the, the tough parts is a lot of these, um, the, the causes of death are increasing. And, and again, not right now. We're not looking at the, the statistics from January to March this week. I'm looking at what built up the sickness of our population over the last couple of decades. Because our population is not getting healthier. We're getting sicker. Now, from 2016 to 2017, influenza and pneumonia death injuries, 5%. Suicide, 5%. Alzheimer's, 5%. Diabetes, 4%. Chronic lower respiratory diseases, deaths, 
okay, increased almost 4%. Stroke increased 3%. Heart disease by 2%. So when we look at this, our population, all those indices is getting sicker and sicker. Now, when we look at, at Italy, okay, Italy... Um, now, remember, the average death rate in America is around 7,000 people die per day. The average death rate in Italy, and this isn't from the COVID-19 or any you know, other virus. This is from all different problems. And in Italy, about 1,700 people a day die every day. Okay, Now, they're saying that this has gone up um, – about 20%. And in one area, Lombardy, it's up about 80%. So that means that, do you really think it's the virus or the weakening of the immune system? So what I did is I went back into healthdata.org and looked at the crude death rate for Italy. Why would it be affecting? Why are these people dying? And sure enough, the death rates are climbing rapidly, and I'm talking from 2006 on. So either they, either they started some economic problems, which would have caused interruption in healthy food or more emotional stress, or they started to um, drug or medicate stress responses. Whatever it indicates is we're looking at massive percentage change Okay, in each um, – indices that that the crude Italian death rate uh, shows it's exponentially increasing over the last few years. Okay, and we're, we're going to pick 2007 to 2017 because that's the best data that we have from healthdata.org. And you're going to see that, that the immune system is weakening in the entire population, and it's been coming on and being weakened for decades. So this is not a new virus taking effect to wipe out our planet. This is revealing that our population is sick. <clears throat> now, how many people get it, recover from? You're looking on an average of over 90%. So how does your immune system work? Well, let's look at the autonomic nervous system, and this is in two parts. One part keeps you alive under stress. That's the sympathetic that's the fight or flight. That's the one that, that is activated. If you're on shelter restriction, you just lost your job, you might be um, closing your business because you don't have any customers and you can't make your rent. Okay, there could be a lot of challenges. That's going to put you in a fight or flight status, which weakens your immune system response. The other part, rest, digest, and repair, okay, is how your body regenerates tissue. Now, I'm going to go through a couple of case studies, and one of them, a 69-year-old guy with high blood pressure, indigestion, and low-functioning thyroid. Now, we've done health talks on everything you could imagine. I've got about five different health talks on high blood pressure. Um, indigestion, I've got around four talks on indigestion, and low thyroid typically means systemic inflammation or some type of physical, chemical, or emotional stress. Well, this guy was taking five medications, okay, two high blood pressure, a thyroid, an antacid, and a pain reliever. Now, does that put the 69-year-old into a risk category? And you could say yes or yes. Okay, so now this is hugely important because when we look at his category, 
when we look at this, sure enough, okay, at his age group, he has about a 96% chance of survival um, based on the statistics that we have from the COVID-19. Okay, so that's, that's if he is infected and he does get the, the pneumonia, then he only has uh, about a 96.4% chance of survival. Okay, yeah, I, I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, wait a second, that seems like pretty good, pretty good odds. And you're right, pretty good odds. Uh, <laughs> so what we do, though, is we look at his physical, chemical, emotional stressors and get him out of, of symptoms. Because if you figure high blood pressure, what is that? If you're working with the immune system and you're looking to find stressors like physical, chemical, or emotional stressors, bam, you go after the source of this, then the body can have this balanced autonomic nervous system where they are um, able to adapt correctly. That means when you're in a stress state, your stress goes up, beautiful. That weakens your immune system. When you're in a less stressed state, your immune system function is better. Um, let's look at, since this virus is affecting lungs, let's look at C3, 4, C5 keeps you alive. And now the neck bones are called cervical. Same for C. The nerve that supplies the diaphragm, which is the main breathing muscle, is called the phrenic nerve, and that comes out of the base of the neck. Now, this is hugely important when we're looking at lung function, sympathetic supply. The parasympathetic is a reflex loop, loop that, that causes bronchoconstriction to close down that. Okay, the autonomic or the sympathetic opens it up or bronchodilates. So that means that it increases or decreases the the air flowing in or flowing out. So we know that the autonomic nervous system is important. We know that the cervical spine is important. Now, knowing that these lungs, the respiratory system, every time you breathe in and breathe out, if you're breathing in diaphragmatically, you're expanding and, and exhaling all of these, um, the carbon dioxide and oxygen you're coming in. So, I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant system. What's interesting is what keeps it healthy. For one, you got to have nerve supply. You got to have the nerves in the neck supplying the diaphragm. You got to have a person that's not in a chronic sympathetic dominant state where there's constriction on. Because if you were in a chronic stress state, um, and let's say the parasympathetic reflex loop uh, initiates bronchoconstriction and it won't open up those air tubes, your entire system becomes acidic and that causes you to um, be more predisposed to disease. <clears throat> also, according to the British Medical Journal, the, and this is the title of the article is Viruses Are Beneficial for Asthma. Wait a second. Viruses are beneficial for asthma. The objective of the study was to investigate the association between early childhood infections and subsequent development of asthma. Uh, conclusion, repeated viral infections other than lower respiratory tract infections in early life may reduce the risk of developing asthma. Wow, so it turns out 
that perhaps we're designed to live on this planet. And we know that antibiotics increase the risk of asthma, according to the Journal of Clinical and Experimental Allergy, or um, some other type of medication uh, to alter their physiology, okay, instead of treating it naturally. Well, now we're going to bring up the health of the blood because since we're looking at immune system, we know the physical, chemical, or emotional stress are one of the key factors. Your balance of the autonomic nervous system is a major key factor. Now let's look at our blood because I got to tell you, if you're looking at a standard blood cell analysis where um, we're looking at inflammatory markers and CBC or, or you know, the, the shape of the red blood cells. One of the things I like is looking at a live blood cell analysis. Now, what we look at when we put a drop of blood underneath the microscope, we're looking at, number one, red blood cell mobility. How fast is it moving? Okay, how good is it? Now, that's going to be hydration. It's going to be nutrient level. Um, now, white blood cell ratio is going to be immune system. Okay, is there an infection or not? Then we look for membrane integrity or the cells. What do the cells look like? Are they healthy red blood cells? And also, is there stress markers? Like, are the blood cells clumping together? And so tonight, when I show you this, you're going to see what a stress response to blood looks like. And this is physical, chemical, emotional stress. So now let's say you take a population, you restrict their movement, tell them they've got to be afraid of their neighbor, do not get any closer than six feet away, don't congregate, don't go to the beach, don't go hiking, don't go to the park. I mean, this is going to add a lot of stressors, physical stressors because you're not exercising, emotional stressors because you're afraid of your neighbor, which, you know, we're communal beings and that, that doesn't bode well for us. And, and financial stressors because people are not able to work. Okay, so there, there's a lot of people under a huge amount of stress. So I imagine the blood is not going to be healthy. That means the blood can't do its job because the blood has a job. It alkalinizes or regulates pH. It carries nutrients. It carries oxygen. Eliminates carbon dioxide, which is an acid. So it has a function. If that function is decreased or delayed, you don't get the, the right results. So we're going to go over a couple of cases that show what um, what what the blood looks like, how to clean the blood, what IV nutrients are. So if you have anyone around that will do intravenous nutrients, fantastic. If not, look at oral supplements or oral nutrients, amalgam fillings, leaky gut, chronic stressors. So what would his... Um, his the, the injury rate, okay, B, as opposed to if he didn't have high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, which is correctable in about 30 to 40 days, anxiety, which is going to and fatigue, which are gut issues and brain issues, sleep problem, low-functioning thyroid, low adrenals, inflammatory valves, fibromyalgia, chronic regional pain syndrome. He had all of these diagnoses. And, of course, the, the chemicals designed to treat that. Uh, so now, if you're taking a medication, find out why you're taking it and heal it and, and correct the problem. Uh, so find a doctor. If you've got a doctor that's just drugging the symptoms, fire that doctor and find one that works with your philosophy. 
uh, someone that that understands that your body is self-healing and self-regulating. So now let's look at uh, your digestive tract because this is hugely important. This is 80% of your immune system is in your gut. That means that anything you put in it um, is going to weaken your immune system or it's going to strengthen your immune system. Number one, let's look at antacids. Antacids increase adenocarcinoma. But also, if you're taking PUMs, Rolaids, or the ProPom pump inhibitors, you're decreasing acid, and that decreases the protein breakdown and also absorption of minerals. So that, then you're looking at cardiac arrhythmias and certain stressors. So look at healthy gut function first. For one, look, look at our hiatal hernia videos that we talk about. The nerve that supplies the diaphragm, the breathing muscle, where the esophagus literally pierces the food tube, goes through this muscle into the stomach. And if you have a neck problem altering the tone of that diaphragm, you can also have reflux and some other problems. But increasing the and it's also on the top of the stomach that's supposed to um, keep acid inside of the stomach. So it, since the gut is 80% of the immune system, what causes abnormal gut function? Well, number one, nervous system. I mean, if I'm standing on your foot and put you under physical stress, you got decreased blood supply and nerve supply to that. You put you in a sympathetic dominant or a stressed state and decreases blood supply and, and nerve supply to the gut. That's any physical, chemical, or emotional stress. Antibiotics, and the antibiotics could be taken in pill form or in our bread because glyphosates, which is, a, um, a, it's, it's used as an herbicide, but it literally is a chelator that kills certain insecticides. It kills the normal healthy gut flora. And you're looking at GMO products. Vaccinations can cause leaky gut or damage to the gut. Processed foods. Uh, there's so many areas nowadays that can cause gut damage. And when we look, what is your body's response to the gut damage? Well, number one, you're going to raise cholesterol. Because cholesterol is vital in vitamin D production. Um, it it's the bile acids, it produces bile acids, which aid in digestion to help you break down the fats to the fatty acids. It's essential for producing estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, aldosterone, cortisone. I mean, it's brilliant. However, the drugs they give, and remember, our population is extremely drugged, can cause um, heart failure and hardening of the arteries. That's right. That, and this is out of the expert review of clinical pharmacology 2015, and they say, thus, the epidemic of heart failure and hardening of the arteries that plagues the modern world may be aggravated by the pervasive use of statin drugs. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because since we have a population that's older, the statin therapy decreases heart function. It increases coronary placking. So what can you do? Number one, if you're taking medications, find out why the medications were prescribed and find a doctor that's going to look for the cause. Um, supplement with nutrients, okay, um, that your medication, because if you have to take a drug, if you have to take medications, Look at what medications that what those medications are depleting. 
So you may have to take vitamin C, vitamin D3, mineral supplements. Make sure that you're exercising. That means exercising every day. Of course, the, the government in California is closing our beaches, which is loaded with sunlight, fantastic area to exercise, um, because they don't want people associating. Yeah, government's doing a bang-up job, guys. Um, make sure that you look at the supplements you can take, your active lifestyle, deep sleep, and look at ways that you can help your physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. It seems too simple to strengthen your immune system. But if you look at it, the only thing that you have is your immune system. Uh, this is Dr. John Bergman, hopefully your voice of sanity in a crazy world. You will get through this, but not by following um, the psychosis. Strengthen your immune system. We're built by God. You're designed to thrive on this planet. God bless you. I love you.